Have you ever wondered what makes people capable of creating changes that impact their lives and the world around them? What is their way of thinking, their mentality, their patterns, their perceptions of the world, their reactions to different life events? What influences them? My name is Cristina Puyol, and I invite you to join me in this adventure where we will explore together the mind of change makers. What approach do you employ for studying and acquiring knowledge? Do you try to repeat over and over to retain information? How effective is that system? How do you integrate your newly acquired knowledge into your daily life? When did you learn how to learn? Recently, I taught a life coaching course and we wanted our students to leave the course having practiced as much as possible the most important tools that a coach needs. Reading or listening about coaching is not coaching. It won't teach you coaching. You need to experience it. But at the same time, we wanted them to retain and remember key information useful for them. So we set up the course with the latest tools we have been using to improve and make the learning more effective. As the world changes so fast and rapidly, learning to learn better and faster is an important skill to develop. So I'm going to share today some of those tools that we used in this course, and hopefully they will help you to improve and make your learning more effective. As a kid, I remember that memorizing was overvalued and critical thinking not so much. I love math and I kind of dreaded studying history. It was not history the problem, but studying it. It was tedious and not fun. I had to put lots of hours into history to remember it, while math was easy for me and fun, so I had to put in a lot less time and effort. We were really taught to memorize, more or less, everything. <laughs> One teacher that I had stood up among the others, and thinking about it now, I think she actually used some of the tools I will share with you today. And most of what I remember from school is from her subject, Spanish language and grammar. I kind of learned how to study with her and then learned critical thinking when I went through university. She did unexpected quizzes all the time. She asked randomly about the content that she was teaching us and we practiced drills of each of the things we needed to learn. I can teach what she taught me because of how well she taught us. So let's go through some of the things that are important to improve learning. When you embark on learning something new, the first and foremost thing to do is to define clearly what you want to learn. What is this for? So for example, do you want to learn a language to speak it and have a quick conversation or learn to be able to write poetry? Do you want to learn piano to entertain in family reunions or play as a professional piano player? Do you want to learn to dance to have some social encounters or do you want to perform on a big stage? The road to learning the skill won't be the same depending on the result that you want to have or, or the usage that you want to do of this new skill. So getting clarity on the purpose of your learning will define what you need to learn. For example, also, if you want to learn Chinese and you just want to have conversations, well, maybe you don't have to learn all the Chinese characters. If you want to write Chinese, then you have to learn the <laughs> Chinese characters and good luck. The second thing and really important is knowing the reason why you want to learn that thing. It will dramatically change your approach to your learning and your motivation. If you start with a sort of kind of will be nice, I will try approach and motivation, it will take you longer, it will be harder and you'll have lots of points for quitting and exiting this endeavor. 
If this is something you really want to do, write down all the reasons why, all the benefits that this will bring to you and how will this impact your life. If it comes imposed from some outside factor, you probably won't do it. If you have to do it by an external factor for whatever reason anyway, then, well, choose to enjoy the process more by finding some reasons that come from you instead of from only the outside. Or you can just choose to dread the learning of this thing and just hate it and probably quit along the way. It's your choice. So this is an important point. Know the reason why you want to learn something. Then taking from the book Ultra Learning by Scott Young, spend the first 10% of your allotted learning time to figure out how to learn effectively. This is the time to develop strategies, techniques and habits that optimize your learning process. Conduct online searches, look through books, reach out to subject experts to determine what concepts you need to understand, what facts you need to memorize, and what procedures you need to practice. You can answer the following questions. If you want to do so-and-so, what concepts do I need to understand? What data do I need to memorize? And what procedures do I need to practice? This is called meta-learning. Take out a blank piece of paper, draw three columns. Don't do this if you're driving or doing something else that you cannot stop and write. But if you can, take a piece of paper and write down. And on the first column at the top, write concepts to understand. In the second, write facts to memorize. And in the third, write procedures or movements to practice. In the part of memorizing, Jim Quick, who is a brain coach, mind-body trainer, and well-known for his speed reading and memory techniques, has great techniques to memorize lists by association, space, location. I won't get deep into this in this episode, maybe in another later episode, but I do encourage you to take a look at these techniques. They're amazing. If we take, for example, you want to learn Spanish, well, which concepts do you need to understand? What well, is going to be how the verbs are conjugated and the feminine and the masculine? How is that used in Spanish and how do we construct the sentences? Then if we think about facts to memorize, well, you have to memorize the verb conjugations. And I know that is a very hard thing in Spanish and it takes a little bit long, but that's something that you will have to memorize some of them. And maybe you can find some of the gene quick techniques to help you memorize. And in the last column, if we need to practice something, for example, keeping the theme of Spanish, you may have to practice the pronunciation of the R, R if it's not easy for you. Once you've created a list of things you need to understand, memorize and practice, identify a select few items on your list you think will be challenging to learn and critical to your success. Once you have identified these items, design drills for each of them. Executing and practicing these drills is like isolating a key muscle, like a bodybuilder doing dips to develop his triceps. You can practice sentences more like tongue twisters. <laughs> for example, if we're talking about again Spanish and learning the R's, R's. And for example, you can learn this tongue twister. El perro de San Roque no tiene rabo porque Ramón Rodríguez se lo ha cortado. <laughs> so, once you know what you want to learn, why, and know more specifically what it is that you need to practice, you want to make sure that you create an environment of intense focus and concentration during your learning sessions. Minimize distractions and allocate dedicated blocks of time to immerse yourself fully in the subject matter. 
There are so many sources of distraction today that we really have to put focus on this part. Create the best possible environment for your learning process. When we learn something, many of us were taught to read the information and underline the important points. Maybe also do a summary and review and review and review and review and review. Simply rereading information without actively engaging with it is not an effective learning strategy. Instead, focus on actively retrieving information from memory or explaining concepts in your own words. Avoid passive rereading or re-listening. Learn by directly practicing the skills and knowledge you want to acquire. Avoid excessive reliance on passive learning methods like reading or listening and instead engage in active hands-on learning experiences because there is also the law of familiarity. And when you have heard or seen something enough times, you think you know it because it's familiar when in fact you don't. If you get quizzed and ask about that, would you be able to answer correctly all the questions? So when you set up to study before reading or getting into what you want to learn, another technique before you set up to study before reading or getting into what you want to learn, start with a question about that theme. And you may say, well, if I don't know, What's the use of a question if I can answer it? Well, your brain is always trying to respond to questions and close open loops. It does not like unfinished business. It wants to resolve unfinished sentences and questions. Scientists refer to the phenomenon where our brain constantly seeks to answer questions or resolve open loops as the Sigarnik effect. The Sigarnik effect is a psychological principle named after Bluma. Sigarnik, a Soviet psychologist who first studied in the 1920s. It refers to the tendency of our brain to remember and remain preoccupied with incomplete or interrupted tasks or information. According to the Sigarnik effect, unfinished tasks create a state of tension and cognitive discomfort, which motivates the brain to seek closure by recalling and processing information related to those tasks. In simple terms, our brain has a natural inclination to remember and focus on unfinished business, making us more attentive and driven to complete the tasks or find the resolutions. This effect has been observed in various contexts like learning, memory, motivation, and problem solving. Have you ever had the experience where you couldn't remember something or solve something and then you went out with your business and out of the bloom, your mind comes up with a solution or the forgotten thing. This is how your brain works. So let's use this to our advantage. So if you start with a question when you're starting to study something, you're setting up your brain into the pursuit of an answer and it will be paying a lot more attention and drifting of less. If, for example, you start to study breathwork, you can ask, well, what types of breath patterns are there? What breathwork will be good for anxiety? As a teacher and instructor, sometimes we ask first the students before teaching anything to see what they know. Some ah, can get irritated. Well, if I knew I wouldn't be here. But you will be surprised the information that comes out and how the learning can speed up. Sometimes we show also in the dancing world, we show a dance step without explanation. And then we let them try to figure it out. 
Lots of things come out of there and the learning improves and it, the retention improves so much more and the understanding. Now, of course, I know this cannot be applied to everything. We're not going to have a surgeon just go and try surgery. No, but you can apply it to so many things and it will just speed up the learning and it will improve the deep end of the learning. One of the tools we also use in this coaching course I talked about at the beginning is called active retrieval, which we rename as cognitive rescue. This consists in practicing recalling information from memory. Once you study something, try to write down everything that you can recall and that was important for you and also think about what can you apply it to. This process strengthens memory recall and improves long-term retention, which is what we want. You can pause what you're studying every half an hour and silently ask yourself, what were the key ideas? Which of those ideas were new to me? How can I use these ideas in my life? Take your notebook or your recording device or your phone and record your best answer. And you may feel like, oh man, I'm already forgetting a lot. And the truth, let me tell you this, is that your mind is in constant state of forgetting. Scientists call this the forgetting curve. You, I, most of us forget roughly 70% of what we read and hear shortly after we learn it. So self-quizzing, self-questioning is a way to use the limited information that you recall to navigate back to the information that you hear, that you are studying and are starting to forget or forgot already. So by putting this effort in finding a path to the knowledge you want to retain, you're resetting your forgetting curve and slowing your rate of forgetting. Every time you do this, you recall, the forgetting curve gets less and less steep and you retain more and more. Another tool, we named it cognitive gossiping, <laughs> which basically is explaining to another person what you just learned. It's teaching someone else, but just sharing it. Why is this information important and in which context will you use it? Teaching is the best way to learn a skill. You are teaching others, but in reality, you're teaching yourself. It is another form of recall or cognitive rescue. When I finished university, the very next Monday, I started teaching as an assistant professor. And I remember thinking, wow, if I had prepared as a student, as I had to prepare as a professor, this subject, which was one of the ones from the first year in computer science, I would have learned much better, retained a lot more. But... As a student, sometimes we just study to pass tests and not truly to learn, to be able to apply that knowledge. From the book, Make It Stick, there's a sentence that says, the harder it is for you to recall new learning from memory, the greater the benefit of doing so. The effort of retrieving knowledge or skills strengthens its staying power. Now, to lessen that forgetting curve, also space repetition is crucial. Instead of cramming all your studying into one session, space out your study in sessions over time. This technique allows for better encoding and retention of information. This has been proven over and over. Someone repeating something 50 times the same day will retain a lot less than someone that repeated the same thing 50 times in the space of one month. Spacing out your review sessions helps reinforce memory and enhance long-term retention. When you set up your planning to study something, you also set up when 
is that space repetition going to take place? And there are several tools that can help you track which areas you need to repeat and which you are retaining more and don't need so much repetition. You can use Anki, which is a software. You can use a spreadsheet. You can use cards like paper cards. Space repetition is better than mass repetition. Scientists call this phenomenon the spacing effect. If you attended a workshop and want to remember a list of key concepts that you learned in that workshop, write down a list of the key concepts in a calendar and schedule that event three times in the future. Choose the dates you expect to start forgetting the concept details and then repeat. Space repetition needs a calendar and schedule the times when you will quiz yourself again. Now, one thing that seems counterintuitive, at least to me, is the concept called interleaving. Interleaving means mixing different topics or skills during your study sessions rather than focusing just on one topic at a time. This approach promotes better learning and retention by challenging your brain to make connections and differentiate between concepts that are similar. With how distracted we are today, for me, I thought it will make or it will cause the opposite effect and will make the learning process so slower and worse. But according to the science of learning, by interleaving similar material, you need to use more cognitive horsepower to spot the differences between each material, which means more effort equals better retention. If you were learning Spanish, for example, trying to memorize a new Spanish phrase or verbs, instead of repeating the same verb and perfecting the verb before moving on to the next one, you should interleave similar verbs into your Spanish practice sessions. Interleaving practice in this scenario will include writing, for example, five Spanish verbs on five different flashcards and then go from flashcard to flashcard in random order, trying to recall each of the verbs without repeating anyone. Then move on to the next batch of verbs and try again those five ones and recall them until you recall them perfectly. In Make It Stick, the authors explain that a baseball player who practices batting by swinging at 15 fastballs, then at 15 curveballs, and then at 15 change-ups will perform better in practice than the player who goes between three pitch types in a random order. But the player who asks for random pitches during practice builds his or her ability to decipher and respond to each pitch, which means that he or she becomes the better hitter. So instead of focusing on one skill and mastering that skill before moving on to the next one, focus on three similar skills and master all three of them while switching between them. If you want to learn graphic design and master the software programs, Photoshop, Illustrator, and Lightroom, don't master one program at a time. Instead, get good at all three simultaneously. I must say that I've done that at times unconsciously and more or less because I love learning and I want to learn more than one thing at a time and I don't choose one and just focus on one. So I really thought that I was being inefficient and probably I was. <laughs> But the good news to me is that combining studying is a good thing and I love it. Now, there is a difference between jumping all over, studying randomly and doing Mondays and Wednesdays for Lightroom, Tuesdays and Fridays for Photoshop and Thursdays and Saturdays for Illustrator. Thinking about another example, if you want to learn to cook, don't master one meal at a time. Instead, 
master three to five similar meals at a time and never cook the same meal twice in a row. But also, this means don't cook just randomly. Or I can see someone ending up mixing the guacamole and their garbanzo soup. Oh boy. <laughs> Science says that this approach promotes better learning and retention by challenging your brain to make connections and differentiate between similar concepts. It's widely believed by teachers, trainers, coaches that the most effective way to master a new skill is to give it dodge, single-minded focus, practicing over and over until you get it down. Our faith in this runs deep because most of us see fast gains during the learning phase of mass practice. What's apparent from the research is that gains achieved during math practice are transitory and melt away quickly. This is directly from the book Make It Stick. So don't get fooled by the fast gains that you get at the beginning because it is retention in the long term. So you can apply that learning in the long term that is really important. And that happens with all these tools that we were sharing with you before. The extent of the struggle determines the extent of the growth by Ryan Holiday. So what do you recall so far from what I have been sharing here? What were some key ideas? Which of those ideas were new to you? How can you use these ideas in your life or in whatever you're learning? Pause if you want and answer the questions. But I will do for you a little recap anyway. So here are 10 key things. Define clear learning goals. Clearly define what you want to learn and the purpose behind it. Knowing the specific outcome you want to achieve will help you structure your learning process accordingly. Identify your motivation. Identify the reasons why you want to learn something. Having a strong motivation and understanding of the benefits that learning will bring to your life can significantly improve your approach and commitment to learning. Then we talk about meta-learning. Remember, spend the initial portion of your learning time around 10%, exploring and developing effective learning strategies, techniques, and habits. Research online, look through relevant books, reach out to experts to identify the essential concepts facts and procedures you need to focus on. Active engagement, so important. Avoid passive learning methods like rereading, re-listening without active engagement. Instead, focus on retrieving information from memory, explaining concepts in your own words, and actively practicing the skills and knowledge you want to acquire. Start with a question. Remember the Sigurnik effect. Begin your study sessions by asking questions related to the topic you're learning. This will help activate your brain's natural inclination to find answers and increases attention and focus during learning. Then the cognitive rescue. Remember active retrieval. After studying a topic, stop. Recall and write down everything you remember, emphasizing the key ideas and their practical application. This process enhances memory recall and long-term retention. Then we have the cognitive gossiping, teaching others. Explain what you've learned to someone else, highlighting the importance of that information and how you plan to use it. Teaching others is a form of recall and helps reinforce your own understanding and retention of the subject matter. Then there is space repetition. Instead of cramming all your study into one session, distribute your study sessions over time. 
This technique enhances the encoding and retention of information. Use tools to track and schedule review sessions for effective space repetition. Interleaving. Mix different topics or skills during your study sessions rather than focusing on one topic at a time. This approach challenges your brain to make connections and differentiate between different concepts, leading to better learning and retention. Avoid over-reliance on familiarity. Rereading or reviewing information without active engagement can create a false sense of familiarity. Actively practice and apply the knowledge to ensure true understanding and retention. Experiment with different approaches and find what works best for you. Pick at least one thing to start practicing your next learning process. What is it going to be? What will you start applying to your way of learning that you think will help you? In the next episode, English episode, I will share another key way of studying that will help speed up your learning immensely, according to scientists. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, what are you waiting for? You have so many platforms to choose from. Or maybe you can subscribe to all of the platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Audible, Google Podcasts, Deezer. And you can also leave us a review on podcast from Apple and five stars if you think we deserve it. Remember that you can also support this podcast in our Patreon account, patreon.com forward slash change maker, where you can support us at three levels. I will leave the link in this episode notes. You can always find it there. This will help us continue to grow. If you're interested in going deeper into these topics, don't hesitate to send me a message. I love hearing from you. Thank you for this year time. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you're getting tremendous value out of it and that you're learning something new and applying it into your life. A huge, huge hug and kisses to you. Change. Change.